Hello everyone, welcome back to the Scouted Football Podcast. Uh, just another football podcast here reminding you that Lionel Messi is no longer a Barcelona player. Uh, don't tune out just yet. Um, there is a reason I've mentioned that right at the top of the pod. Uh, that is because Ligue 1 got underway a few days ago. It's obviously the new home of, of Messi at Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, I think I do believe it's Angers currently sitting at the top of the table. Clermont Foot not too far behind. Uh, two teams that Lionel Messi will have uh, quite a lot of fun playing against this season, you'd imagine. Um, but yeah, Clermont, was their, their last weekend was their first ever game in France's top flight. And and I have to mention that a scouted favourite, Mohamed Bayo, only went and got the first goal in their win at Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every year, though, lots of players pop up on the radar for the very first time in France, um, making their bow in Liga. Um, some have previously played in lower divisions or, or so-called lesser leagues elsewhere. Uh, but there's always a steady stream of, of breakout youngsters debuting in France's top flight. Um, it is, I mean, after all, the self-styled League of Talents. Um, so over the past week or so, uh, myself and today's esteemed guest have been firing across a WhatsApp message here and there, uh, sharing who we think is set for a breakout season in Liga. Um, Road to Nowhere Football's Ali Madden, I'm delighted to say, joins me for a debut on the Scoured Pod. Um, some of you might be familiar with Ali from the Road to Nowhere podcast, uh, but also from Pure Football's Euro 2020 preview episodes, uh, one for each team. Uh, and I, I, I know I dipped in and out, and I know for certain that was an absolutely monumental effort. Uh, so this is a man who very much knows his European football. Um, Ali, how are things with you? Yeah, not bad, Joe. Delighted to be on the podcast, regular listener, big fan, and yeah, feeling good. I was scurrying across from the east end of Glasgow back to the city centre, my flat in the city centre, after having taken in Celtic's game tonight, um, their European qualifier over at Parkhead. I took that in as a neutral, uh, so I'm now looking forward to turning my attention to some French football and chatting about some exciting young players with you. Yeah, the Celtic might be coming up against uh, a few of these players if the if the draws go a certain way mm-hmm. in um, in playoffs and, and group stages. But I say we were firing player suggestions across. But to tell everybody the truth, it was all Ali. I mean, he, he's <laughs> been the instigator. And if you want any reinsurances of his European and, and Liga knowledge and his credentials, you'll only need to go through our chat history in the past few days. Um, there's it's been quite uh, it's been quite a learning curve. Uh, it's it's a bit of the scouted fraud ball going on here. <laughs> quite quite a few names that have been popping up, and I've gone. Oh, okay. I haven't come across that one before. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, I'm looking forward to it as well because Liga is is so interesting, so so diverse, um, and as I say, it's you know the self styled League of Talents. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get into it with with our sort of first pick. Uh, and Ali, I'm going to go to you first, um, and I'm going to go with uh, Malo Gusto, who uh, is somebody who's got a very a decidedly Portuguese name, but isn't fully Portuguese. Yeah, he's. A French-Portuguese dual national, but he has spent some time with the French youth squads. Uh, He's an academy graduate at Lyon, and I'll come on to discuss just how good, well, (laughs) your listeners will know just how good it is, but I'm going to come on to discuss how important it will probably be, certainly over the next few years, even more important than usual. Um, He's contracted until 2024, and last season he was in and around the first team squad under Rudy Garcia, but he only managed a couple of very brief cameos, one minute in over two games in the league. But, you know, that time spent in and around the squad will have been beneficial for him, for his development and for his experience. But we saw him play the full 90 minutes against Brest on the opening weekend of Ligue 1. We saw him 
um, have a really good preseason, and I'll, I'll come back to that as well. But just to focus on that performance against Brest, the stats show and reflect a really intense involvement on Gusto's part over the full 90 minutes. He registered three shots and only Hussein Awar managed more for Leon. 12 ball recoveries, which was the third most in the Leon team, managed two interceptions as well. Seven successful pressures applied, which was the second most in the Leon team. Uh, he completed 95 passes out of 107 attempted, which ranked third for his side. And he managed 125 touches, which was joint first with central defender Marcelo. So straight away, those numbers jump out at you as being reflective of a player who's been heavily involved throughout the game for his team in that right-back position. And I'll be honest with you, Joe, he did obviously have this really positive and encouraging pre-season, but Leon did announce recently that Leo Dubois would be their new captain. And I did think to myself, what would that mean for Gusto's game time, competitive game time this season? But reassuringly, he started against Brest and we also saw Dubois starting but out over at left back. And I think circumstance is really heavily favouring Maro Gusto. Obviously, he was back training earlier than Leo Dubois because Dubois was part of Didier Deschamps' uh, France squad at the Euros. So he returned slightly later than some of his teammates, allowing Maro Gusto to really catch Peter Bosch's eye, perhaps. And also, Dubois playing at left back was probably through necessity rather than anything else against Blessed because Elvin Bard's obviously been sold somewhat bafflingly to Nice and also Maxwell Corney's been linked with moves away. I think Hertha Berlin perhaps is the rumoured destination for him. So circumstance has really favoured Malo Gusto and you can say, well, he's he's been given his chance and he, he's taken his chance. I mentioned that um, really impressive pre-season um, it was excellent in the games against Wolfsburg and Villarreal he was awarded man of the match against Wolfsburg, putting a lovely cross for um, one of his teammates who was then headed in. I think it was uh, Carl Toko Ikambi who, who headed it in. But it's a beautiful cross from deep and we saw him do that a couple of times. So the early signs are really positive and that's relatively high calibre opposition. It's not like they're playing you know, second, third, maybe even fourth tier teams to bring up match fitness. These are high quality oppositions. And he didn't look out of place at all. Um, I obviously mentioned that he's a youth academy graduate and throughout recent history, Leon have had this esteemed youth academy. We think of the likes of Karim Benzema, Lacazette, Hussein Awar, to name but a few who have come through Leon's youth academy. Uh, it really is this conveyor belt of talent. And when we think back to when Leon built the Groupama Stadium, this lovely new stadium. I've only been there once, but it's just state-of-the-art, really good um, you know, fan experience there. Um, but that naturally limited their transfer budget. So Bruno Genesio, almost through necessity, and, and there was a desire on his part as well, but mostly through necessity, I would say, had to turn to the Youth Academy. And now, fast forward to 2021, uh, the tail end, we hope, of the coronavirus pandemic are approaching the tail end of the coronavirus pandemic. A lot of clubs are feeling the financial force of not having fans in stadiums, etc., etc. Uh, Jean-Michel last announced that Leon have suffered losses of about 135 million euros as a result of various factors caused by the pandemic. 
So I think we'll see Peter Bosch turn again to Leon Youth Academy. We saw quite a few young players on the bench as well. I think we'll maybe talk about another young player later in this episode. But what I took from the game on the weekend was that Peter Bosch will absolutely trust in youth. We saw his Ajax team where he afforded plenty of game time to young players and the squad was, of course, peppered with some more experienced players, but there were so many young players given ample game time. And I think this will be a hallmark of Peter Bosch's Leon side. Um, I'm thinking as well of Castello Rukeba, the 18-year-old who started for Leon. He was one of six players, including Gusto, who started for Leon on the weekend, uh, who had been, you know, a product of Leon's Youth Academy. And just as well, I speak about circumstance favouring him, but I, I just think his performances in pre-season, his performance against Brest when he was so heavily involved, really bode well. Peter Bosch himself, um, you know, he's he's made no secret of the fact that he likes to play with a high-intensity style on and off the ball. And interestingly enough, Malo Gusto previously played in, in his earlier formative years as a box-to-box midfielder and then latterly as a winger before settling as a right-back. So that's probably allowed him to develop a quite rounded, albeit still very raw, skill set. It's, it's allowed him to develop this ability to work tirelessly down the wing and that will um, do him you know, untold favours uh, as far as Peter Bosch is concerned. I, I think he will be a regular feature, particularly if we see Maxwell Corney move on and Leo Dubois settles in at left-back, having predominantly played last season at right-back. I don't think Dubois looked too out of place. And, and as captain, you would imagine he would start. But all in all, I think it, it, everything is played into his favour. The lack of options at full-back for Leon compared to their midfield, where they're stacked with talent. The fact that he was training before, or back in training before Leo Dubois, and the fact that he played so well in those friendlies, he's had his chance and he's absolutely taken it, Joe. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very circumstantial because, I mean, I I also saw the, the Leo Dubois news that you, that you referred to, him obviously being named captain and obviously you do immediately think, I mean, anybody who's followed French football or followed OL over the past, I don't know, couple of years, you know, Dubois has not been a, a leading light, but he's he has been a mainstay. He has been a stalwart of that team and, you know, it, it, you do know that he is their right back and, um, I think if if he if he is going to play at left back and 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 Malagusto is the sort of the 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 backup of uh, you know in a sense uh, at right back uh, who's going to you know come to the come to the fore in that position because of a positional switch for Dubois then it's only going to benefit him. I mean you know we'll we'll probably see there'll be a few games this season where you know he might be caught out of his depth. That's that's par for the course for eighteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the encouraging thing and that's something that you mentioned there was the fact that he's so involved. You know it's his you know. The, was it, I mean, one of his first, if not his first, Ligue 1 start uh, last weekend. Um, they're playing Angers away this weekend um, uh, on, on Sunday, uh, the 15th of August. So it'll be interesting to see what, what, what they line up like um, with, with, with Malagusto or, or Dubois or both. Um, so that is definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, but as you mentioned there, there's another another player at, uh, at Lyon who uh, is certainly of interest to, to scout football and, and has been for, for quite some time. Um, and I did mention to, to Ali, I said, you know, I'm, we're going for quite rogue sort of left field picks here, but 
I'm going to go for the most obvious breakout star of the of Liga for for 2021, 22. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's you know I, I've kind of reconciled with myself over the past few days of of maybe going with the easy option, but it's true. You know, he is absolutely going to have a breakout season. It would be it would be a miss to to leave him out. Uh, and that's Ryan Shearkey, uh, who is of course the the right footed attacking midfielder, um, currently 17, but. Uh, if you're listening to this next week, Shirky might have already turned 18. So still very young. I mean, that's 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 the the, the common theme with Shirky is that he does everything before everyone else. Um, you know, last summer, he, he became the youngest ever player to appear in a Champions League knockout fixture uh, two days after his 17th birthday. Um, you know, he, he's been a regular in, in Lyon squads um, since not long after his 16th birthday, which, I mean, for a club as big as Lyon, uh, you know, and, and which has a youth academy as prolific as as it does, you know, that's no small feat because, you know, you've got, you have to be a standout throughout the age groups. And if you're constantly playing above, if you're constantly, you know, knocking on that door and, and through different managers being given opportunities, there's clearly something there. And, you know, to anybody who's seen clips of Cherky is, I mean, he, he is just fantastic. Um, you know, the the, the Lyon-Algerian link continues. I think I've got my notes here where, you know, Karim Benzema, Nebel Fekir, Hussein Mawa, Amin Gouiri, um, Ishak Belfodil, Rashid Ghazal, Yassin Benzia. You know, these players are, are players who've, who've got that Algerian heritage and, and, and Sherki is the, the next on that line. Um, but from a sort of a footballing sense, you know, moving away from his background, um, he, I mean, he, I think he played 27 times in Liga last season. But I mean, we're talking there were some one and two minute appearances in there. Um, I think there was only five starts, so you know there was limited opportunities. You know, you, you're going to struggle to to impact the game or impact a, a season based on that amount of minutes. Um, but when he did play against Ligue 2 opposition in Coupe de France, um, he was very, very good. Um, you know, he's 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 very fun. Like he's got a, he's got a great first touch. Um, lovely, lovely little spin that he's got, which can just you know nick himself away from danger. He sort of has that innate ability to to identify space before he's received the ball and knows where he's going to go. Um, and it's that sort of uh, on and off ball intelligence that I think. Um, you know, is 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 hugely, hugely underrated when it comes to young players because if you've already got that, you can work on the technical aspects, you can work on the physical aspects to to further hone yourself. And and Cherky already has, you know, he, he already has, you know, a lot of the building blocks there. Um, and the reason that I've gone with him as sort of my my breakout pick, uh, sort of he, he is sort of the poster boy of this episode. I don't think Ali will mind me saying, <laughs> um, but is because you know I've mentioned there that he was predominantly used off the bench in sort of quite fleeting appearances. Um, but in pre-season, he's played 45 minutes against Bourgogne-Bues, uh, 75 against Wolfsburg, 90 against Villarreal, 20 against Sporting, 62 against Porto, and then played an hour against Stade Brest uh, on the left wing um, in that first game of the season for Lyon. So, you know, it's... It's one of those where you hope that he'll get a you know he'll get a good return in terms of goals and assists, and, and you can imagine he will play for a good team like Lyon. Um, but there's also the, the the conversation where we can't be too expectant of a player like him because you know he won't always be impactful every single game. I, I, I mean, I don't want to say I, I don't know him uh, personally, so I can't say that his temperament or anything is like uh, any of the, his predecessors. Um, but I do like the, the the stylistic link to to a player like Hatem Ben Arfa. You know, he's just got. 
that ability. He's got it from day one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the the beauty of Hatem Benafa was that when he did turn it on, which, you know, as his career progressed was, you know, less and less. But when he did turn it on, especially in those those periods with Nice, I think it was, you know, he was just, he ran the game. Um, and and I, I do believe that in a few years' time, Shecky has the, the potential to be able to do that as sort of a, a mercurial playmaker, just, just so delicate and so deft, but but so so cutting and, and cunning. The defining image I have in my head of Ryan Cherky is that goal he scored against Monaco, which broke Monegasque hearts and probably was the final nail in the coffin of, well, I say the coffin, the coffin wasn't even built before that game. Monaco were still thinking they could win league and, but after that game, towards the end of the season, I think it was about May time, start of May, when Ryan Cherky scored. Um, big, big moments, big game player perhaps uh, in the making. Yeah, I think he's totally somebody who has, as you say, somebody who has it. It's just, it's so hard to pinpoint what it is exactly. But Mm. when you watch him, and uh, there's a reason as well, when Ryan Shirky wasn't starting for Leon and wasn't coming on for Leon, so many Leon fans on social media would be saying, bring Shirky on. And obviously, Rudy Garcia knew better than your, your sort of, usual Leon fan, as knowledgeable as some of them are, I'm sure, but I think it speaks volumes of Shirky's ability and Shirky's appeal, even at his young age. He's just somebody who you want to see play and somebody who, to use a cliche, will get fans up off their seats and and on their feet. Yeah, I think appeal is a good way to say it. Um, You know, he's a player who has enormous appeal. You know, anybody who goes to watch Leon, um, anybody who who is who is blessed enough to 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 visit the Groupama Arena like yourself um, is is definitely going to be treated. I think. Um, But moving on to to your second pick, Ali, uh, and you've gone with Moise Sahi, and I've probably pronounced that incorrectly, but I'm allowed. I'm allowed. I'm I'm going to let myself off with that one because. He's a player who was signed from Afrique Football Elite in Mali uh, in January of this year. So he's only been in Europe's top five leagues for, what is it, seven, eight months? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's quite strangely, I think, for, for, for clubs um, like Strasbourg, who he plays for, um, who perhaps might not award lengthy contracts to, to players who you might typically dub a risk, um, they've given him a contract until 2025. Um, and he made six sub appearances uh, for Strasbourg last season, um, and this year I, I, you, you've gone with him as, as a breakout pick. I mean, I, I, this was one of the names where I looked at it and we just went, "Nope, not ringing any bells here." <laughs> um, so my question to you, Ali, is why is he in line for a breakout season? Um, maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, Joe, because regular listeners of the Road to Nowhere podcast will know that I'm a well, as close to a diehard fan as somebody from the west coast of Scotland can be. I had a season ticket there when they won promotion from League 2 into League 1 a few mm-hmm. seasons ago now and just developed an unconditional love for the club. And he caught my eye with a split second of technique against PSG when he scored his first goal in the league for Strasbourg last season. It was a shot on the half volley, not even fully looking at the goal. It was just so instinctive, such a, yeah, an instinctive finish. So maybe it's wishful thinking on my part that he'll go on and have a breakout season. To be honest, we're saying just before we came on air that he'll probably maybe only score, if he scores at all, he'll maybe only score three or four goals. But I'll dine out on every last one of those three or four goals this season. I think as you should. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. As you should. Um, And I think 
it's probably most accurate to describe him as my wild card pick, Joe. Um, if you if, if I can indulge myself with with a wild card pick, um, there is a lot for us still to learn about Moise Sahi, but. I texted my friend from Strasbourg, uh, who I used to sit next to and I had my season ticket there, um, and he's very to the point, uh, and he's very trustworthy with his opinions on players. His first impressions tend to be spot on, in all honesty. He just has this remarkable knack for just eyeing up a player and and, and providing a, a prompt opinion on him, and he just replied saying, très bien, you know. You don't need to have advanced higher or even uh, uni level French to to know like very good, <laughs> very good. And I I said I thought about asking him to elaborate somewhat, but it's it's the way he is. He's very to the point. And I thought, yeah, okay, we'll take that, we'll take that. Um, but yeah, like just to give a bit more background, born in the Ivory Coast, joined Strasbourg ranks in January 2021, as you said, from Afrique Football Elite. Uh, in Mali, um, which coincidentally was the same club slash academy from which. El Bilal Touré joined Hans last year, so there's a, a connection there. Maybe the two of them will, will face up against each other at some point um, this season, perhaps. Um, but he's, yeah, I think the fact that he's been handed that contract until 2025 speaks volumes of just how highly the club rate him. Um, he was scouted by Bruno Paterno, uh, and the club, uh, based on what I've read, are, are happy with the progress he's making. He's probably the player out of the five that we've picked who's maybe the least furthest along in his progression but I'm not I'm not saying that as a criticism I'm just saying he's probably got the most work to do to reach the level to be playing at league on regularly but I think the signs are really promising six sub appearances last season scored that lovely goal on the half volley against PSG and that was just his second appearance um fast forward to his most recent appearance that was against Montpellier in May he managed 37 minutes there so it's still very much cameos here and there but he managed 16 carries four of those carries were progressive carries um it was more generally involved in possession willing to get on the ball receives more passes so I think we're seeing his confidence develop we're seeing him become more at ease with playing in a top flight French team and in terms of his outstanding attribute Joe uh, it looks like it will be his two-footedness. Uh, he's strong with his left foot, he's strong with his right foot, and that gives his game an air of unpredictability and spontaneity. There was a really good um, clip of some French pundits speaking about the fact that Sahi is so two-footed and they were saying defenders don't know if he's going to go left or right and Sahi himself probably doesn't know if he's going to go left or right. And playing as a second striker, I think, you know, that's that's a perfect attribute to have. Um a bit like the Usman Dembele, which foot do you take penalties with? Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. Um, my left, uh, which foot do you take uh your free kicks with? Uh my right. It's like Yeah. Come on, make your mind up. Yeah, exactly. Don't be don't be greedy, Moise, and make your mind up. But I, I think I think some it of works. us aren't lucky enough to have one good foot, so you know, come on. <laughs> exactly, Joe. Exactly. But um yeah, people also speak of his relâchement. Um, in advanced areas, that translates literally, literally to relaxation, but we would probably speak of his composure. He, his play has une essence, uh, which means an ease, or poise is probably the best word. He just looks really composed. He looks really assured, even at his young age. I'm not saying that he's a fully accomplished player, but you can see that that he has 
the sort of foundational attributes to allow him to go on and become the sort of player who is so cool, calm and collected, to, to use a cliche. Um, and again, we are just speaking off of very brief cameos, but the signs are really positive. People are really excited about him. They're excited about his composure, the fact that he's so comfortable on the ball, but he's also lively. He combines that composure with a sort of controlled aggression with, with the ball. He's a buzz of a player, and you factor in as well the fact that he's good with both feet. There are signs there that he could go on to be a really important player for Strasbourg. Maybe this season's slightly early, maybe not, but certainly over the course of his contract, I think we'll really see him come into his own. Um, Francois Keller, the Strasbourg reserves coach, who obviously spent a lot of time with him, described his best position as a nine and a half. Um, Mm. And that probably... Yeah, that's probably a spot-on description. Comfortable as a forward. He's comfortable as an attacking midfielder. He's comfortable, I would think, at, at dropping between the lines and really probing that space. So let's hope he can get a few starts under Julian Stefan. When Julian Stefan was announced as Strasbourg manager, I was absolutely delighted. I was posting it in every single group chat of, of which <laughs> I'm a member. And most people were like, yeah, that's cool. A few people, Owen Brown uh, from Pure Football said, great appointment. You must be happy with that. And I was really delighted. He obviously worked as a coach in Rennes Youth Academy initially before going on to manage the first team. And he placed so much faith in young players. Adrian Truffer, Fetou Malwasa, Eduardo Camavinga, to name just a few, were all afforded ample game time under Julian Stefan. So I think we'll see him afford you know, a decent amount of game time to Moise Sahi. Uh, my one concern I would have in terms of game time, we spoke about how Malo Gusto's benefited from the fact that Leon don't have too many options at right back. Strasbourg have a wealth of attacking options going forward. Um, you think in particular about um, just some of the players that they have. They've got Habib Diallo, Kevin Gamero's just signed, Ludovic Ajork, who's one of my favourite players in the world. Um, not the best player in the world, but I, I just love his style. You've got Lebo Matiba coming back from injury. You've got Majid Varis. All very strong attacking options. But Ajort does play best with a second striker supporting him. That's a fact. So could we perhaps see that second striker become Moise Sahi this season? Maybe. Hmm, potentially. Potentially. And and the the little bit of chat there on Julian Stefan and and Ren, I think that takes me nice into a nice little segue into my next player. Um but first I just want to say relaxation. That is, that I, I'm going to start using that just like about about a player, you know, if he's very composed in possession, a bit yeah. like Dimitar Berbatov, yeah, kind yeah, of taking it taking it down on the touch, you know, just look at the relaxation. Do you want another word? Um, Do you want another lovely French word? Hit me okay. again. So there's word a word éclosion, and it translates literally to hatching, as in like the the insect hatching from its from its egg or something hatching from its egg, and the, I've seen it used for Maro Gusto on Twitter, and I saw it used as well for Elia Wahi, who we're going to come on to talk about. So it's clearly, maybe it's the, you know a word that's in vogue right now, a bit like on brand, uh, it was really in vogue last year. Um, maybe the French are loving using this word, eclosion. Um, is, that, is that sort of like breakout? Is yeah. That, is, that what, yeah. is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, so that would be like, it's, it's a really particular way of describing someone who's about to break out you know somebody's about to burst out their their shell and take the league by storm it is a lovely word I think 
Well, speaking of which, um, a player who is about to hatch and, and has already hatched their first 88 minutes in Liga in this season uh, was Leslie Oguchukwu, uh, who's 17 years old, playing for, for Stade Rennes, um, right-footed defensive midfielder, um, you know, did not stray from the central channel of the pitch pretty much uh, in, in that first 88 minutes that he played uh, the Stade Rennes uh, Liga opener with Lens. Um, and... I mean, you look at that, that midfield, who they have. I mean, you, they've got Flaviente and, and Eduardo Camavinga. And then behind, they have anchoring it, Leslie Oguchuku. And you think, can, I mean, can Ren stop this? You know, because they're <laughs> continuing to produce extremely languid, um, you know, good ball players, um, players who look as though they might have the potential to be very good carriers as well. Um, but on, on my one 88-minute viewing, I was not overly impressed, but I thought, Considering that he is, first of all, 17, um, he's not had a great deal of of football at all. I think that one appearance this season has already surpassed his minutes for for last year in Liga. I think he only played around an hour in a, in a couple of games, over a couple of games, sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I, there was something about him. Uh, and, and Ali, this was sort of your 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 recommendation to me to go and check him out. And, and, and I did. And, and I was, yeah, I was not overly impressed, but I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. um you know was, there was a few duels where i thought he maybe looked a bit lightweight uh, and he's, he's probably around six foot two uh six foot three um or he's probably actually six foot two but looks a little bit taller because of his build which is very slender um but you know to to be trusting him to be anchoring that midfield i think is quite quite an endorsement um and in terms of his passing his, his awareness of where his teammates were going to be that's somebody who's clearly been training with the first team for a number of months this isn't somebody who's been you know put in there out of necessity um and and kind of just thrown to the wolves um but yeah he was um he, he was pretty secure i thought um very organized um you know knew what was expected of him there was no I don't want to say no frills because it's very difficult to say that about a player based on one appearance. Uh, and typically I wouldn't do that, but I suppose this is the whole the whole point of a breakout episode really, isn't it? It's that, mm-hmm. you know, these players have, have maybe made one or two appearances or have played a little bit in preseason and they're kind of, it's kind of a prediction. Um, but, you know, the, I mean, this, this Ren team this season are, are going to be very, very exciting. Uh, and that's not just because scouted football cover star Kamal Dean Suleimana uh, mm-hmm. is, is playing on the wing. Uh, and obviously scored his first goal in that game. Great finish, cutting in off the off the left. Um, but I thought that 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 Ogachukwu, um had a had a good appreciation of the space that that he was required to cover, um, especially in the first half. The second half was a little bit more fraught as as Long started to push a bit more. Um, but I think having that organisation, having that no frills, because I haven't come up with a better term in in the last. 30 seconds to a minute when I said it and didn't like it the first time <laughs> um, having that will be quite useful because you know if you've got someone like Kamavinga who this season is going to be I don't know expected to, to support attacks you're going to have wide players who are going to really really stretch defences um, and that is naturally going to stretch a team that's going to leave spaces in behind so to protect the back four uh, and of one of which one of those is Loic Bade, and we know he likes to go on a dribble. <laughs> um, so, you know, Ogachuku is going to need to have a good appreciation of space, know where he needs to be, snuff out danger quite quickly uh, and be good at covering sort of those lateral spaces, you know, moving sideways, almost crab-like. Um, so I'm hoping that that's what we'll see from him. Obviously, there's no guarantee. Um, you know, he might be out of the team next week. Who knows? Uh, but based on that first viewing, he did not look overawed. Um, it was not a case of me thinking, 
oh yeah, you can really tell that that Ren have got a 17-year-old anchoring that midfield. Um, so yeah, hopes are high, but um, I think I'm I'm keeping my my I'm keeping my powder dry a little bit on the the old Erling Haaland predictions or the <laughs> you know those types of things or oh the next Kamavinga. No, no, they're different players. Um, so don't get your hopes up, everyone. But yeah, uh, I, I was quite impressed with with Ogun Shukwu. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you recommended him. Is is that because you saw that he started and you recognised that he was first of all seventeen? Yeah, I just wanted to give you some work to do, Joe, because like you, <laughs> like like you, um, I don't know an awful lot about him, but from what I did see, he looked, yeah, um, no thrills. It's it's not it, no thrills is in itself a no thrills word, isn't it? But it probably works yeah. works well here. Uh, one of the reasons as well, I'm I'm quite keen to see how he fares this season, is that I think for all lens eye-catching recruitment this summer and it has been particularly from a scouted football perspective very eye-catching mm. I, I don't know if the, the failure or the potential failure to replace Stephen and Zonzi might come back to haunt them uh, he's obviously returned to Roma after his loan and, and I just feel that his experience his ability to yeah be that no thrills player to use that word again I, I do wonder if Post and Zonzi Glenn will not that they didn't appreciate him when they, he was there. I think they did appreciate him, but I do just wonder if Ugochuku is capable. And it's so much pressure to put on his young shoulders. Is capable of stepping into the shoes, or at least of fulfilling some of the roles and discharging some of the duties that Inzonzi, a World Cup winner, let's not forget, was yeah, able to do yeah. so well for Glenn last season. It's a lot to ask of him, but. Obviously, Bruno Genesio has faith in him, and I think Glenn will be a really interesting watch this season. They looked really good towards the tail end of last season under Genesio. They've got these scouted football stars in their ranks as well. I think they will be not the best team in the league this season, but for people who like watching a squad with plenty of young players, I think, yeah, they'll be a must-watch most weekends. Yeah, from a neutral perspective, I think it's one of those where, you know, if you don't have a foot in either camp, um, I mean, if, if you watch French football, but you don't really support a team, then I think Ren are, are absolutely top billing every week. Um, but on the, the topic of Ugochukwu and, and, and um, Stephen and Zonzi, I mean, if, if it doesn't work out, you know, if if, if Genesio thinks that uh, he could do with maybe some some football elsewhere. Maybe send him on loan to Blackburn and then Stoke for a season or six months each, and and see if he then turns into the next Stephen and Zonzi. Exactly. Maybe get Ricardo, maybe get Ricardo Fuller, Rory Delap, Mark Pugh <laughs> to give him some pointers. Um, I don't even know if they played with Zonzi at Stoke. I might be there might be a few years before his time, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Um, that that could be a little a little a little <laughs> method they could use. But nah, you he, he impressed me. Um, going on to your your final your final pick then, uh, and you you mentioned his name earlier. But uh, to any of us who weren't as eagle eared, uh, they might have just thinking you were saying Moise Asahi again. You weren't. You were saying El Yawahi, um, which obviously not to be confused, which I was um, <laughs> when I was going through our our our, our WhatsApp chat earlier on. Um, I was thinking, is he just named the same player? Is he named the same player twice? Is he he's trying to catch me up because I haven't replied in a while? Yeah. Um, 18-year-old, plays for Montpellier, uh, right-footed centre-forward, but but started the, the Montpellier's opening game of the season on the left wing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another who's recently uh, extended his contract until 2025. And I think that is, you know, again, reflective of the, the faith, but also protecting an asset. Um, but yeah, he in terms of you know breakout players, a, a lot of the ones that we've mentioned previously, uh, bar Ryan Shirky, 
have essentially played a handful, and I mean a handful of games in a handful of minutes. Um, whereas Wahi has played over 20 games for Montpellier. Um, he's scored three goals in Ligue 1 last season, um, played over 500 minutes. But again, the crucial thing, only four league starts. Mm-hmm. So he slots nicely into our little breakout category. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor for this one because I actually didn't watch any of Wahi. Uh, I just did my my background and kind of coming to the end of my notes here, and, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking, come on, Ali, take the reins here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I will forgive you for leaving me on red when I suggested <laughs> you Wahi because I was throwing names at you left, right, and centre before we arrived at our golden five for the episode, but. Yeah, Elia Wahi, you mentioned his three goals last season, um, which is fairly impressive for such a young player who basically only played half a season. And even at that, the minutes were fairly limited when when all was considered. But scored against Monaco, uh, scored the winner against Lyon and saved his best effort for the game against Lens with the most spectacular acrobatic effort. Uh, if you haven't watched that goal, do go and watch it. It's all over YouTube. Elia Wahi against Lons for Montpellier. Yeah, he, he can play on the left wing, um, as he predominantly did against Marseille on the weekend in that pulsating game of football. Ended mm. on a slightly sour note, but that sour note aside, it was a brilliant advert for French football. Um, but we also saw him pop up occasionally on the right-hand side as well. So he is comfortable on the left side or on the... the le- he's on the, comfortable on the left side or on the right side. And I think, you know, we spoke beforehand about would there be room for him in this team with Andy Delors and Gaetan Laborde there? Uh, and I think there absolutely is. It looks like Olivier, Olivier Darolio will probably go with a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, or at least a nominal 4-3-3 and a nominal 4-2-3-1. So absolutely there'll be a place for him either very wide or slightly tucked inside in, in a fairly wide position. Um, I think he'll probably be in direct competition with Steffi Mavididi, uh, an excellent young player who impressed me quite a lot last season still when we what 22-23. Um, he actually replaced um, Elia Wahi on Sunday night after 63 minutes against Marseille but last season Mavadidi netted nine times last season in all competitions so I think we could see quite healthy competition between the two players and I think they could probably push each other on their gameplay is not extremely similar but there are a few similarities to their game and I think the two of them as young players fairly young players anyway in, in Mavadidi's instance but I think the two of them can provide really healthy competition and can really push each other on. Um, just focusing again on Levi Dalorio's style and how that really suits El Yawahi. Dalorio loves to use his wide players. He loves to get the ball out wide. There's this emphasis with his tactics on really looking to exploit the wide positions. And we saw against Marseille, certainly in the first half and for spells at the start of the second half, Montpellier had so much joy and so much joy down the wings, I mean, and that's partly down to the, the, the really quite complex formation that Jorge Sampaoli was playing with Marseille. I'm still not quite sure what that formation was, but there were a lot of spaces out wide and we saw Dalurio's blessed side last season really utilise the flanks to, to quite impressive effects. So 
That, I think, bodes well for Wahi's in-game involvement, Joe. I, I don't know how many games he'll start, but I think we'll see him and Mavididi switching quite regularly. So, yeah, the, the signs are good off the back of that impressive first season or fairly impressive first season last season. Just to rewind a few years, you might remember or you might not remember, maybe some listeners will remember, but there was quite a lot of talk a few years ago about Wahi when he netted 89 goals in a single season for Cairns under-15 side. We seem to get these amazing numbers pop up every so often, a young player scoring a ridiculous amount of goals for an under-14s team and an under-15s team. Wahi was one of those boys. Um, At the time, reportedly, Liverpool, Spurs, Southampton, Man City, Man United, UV were all interested. Uh, That didn't materialise into a move, but he now finds himself on the South Coast. Great place to play your football, Montpellier, oh, yeah. as well. And he's in a team that's so fun. Olivier Dallorio is one of the most fun coaches, I think, mm. in, in France, maybe even in the top five leagues in Europe. And he'll have them playing some really swashbuckling stuff this season. I think that probably suits Wahi. Um, just another side note, um, and, and I do like my, my side notes. I do like to digress, <laughs> as you probably gathered from this episode. But um, he previously played a few years ago. This was probably before he was even at Caen. This was in his very early formative years. He played for GS Suren in the suburbs of Paris. Um, coincidentally, Angolo Conte also spent some time there in his very early formative years. So they're obviously very different players, but maybe the coaches there are onto something with, with two Two really exciting players. Obviously, Conte's a lot more established and a far more mm. accomplished player than Wahi. I'm not comparing the two for the slightest. All I'm saying is that it, it maybe is a, is a good sign for Wahi in terms of where he started out and those really founda- those kind of foundational years serving him well. Just to focus again on his playing style, and I'll use his game against Marseille, his performance against Marseille to really inform what I'm saying here because last season, while we had minutes, it, it was fairly limited. Um, I, I think the game against Marseille, coupled with his pre-season performances, really give us quite a, an extensive insight into what we can expect from him. So he's quite a direct dribbler, capable of taking up intelligent goal-scoring positions and, and we actually saw that. I know I said I would focus on pre-season and, and performances so far this season against Marseille, but we saw him take up a really sort of um, potent position, shall we say, against Lyon, being in the right place in the right time. It was almost like a like a deadly number nine positioning there. So we ha- he has that ability to take up these intelligent positions. He loves to score goals. And Evidently, after that 89-goal season. Exactly, oh, exactly. Yeah, I, and, I, I was not aware of that whatsoever. Yeah. And I, tell you, and I also, on that, that, that Angolo Conte point, who knew who Angolo Conte was when he was 18? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of these things, you know, these players work their way up. But Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the signs are there that he, he could go on. Probably want to put too much pressure on the player, but I, I think he is backing up the, not so much the hype, but he's backing up the... Um, the praise that he's quite rightly receiving. Um, and I speak, I speak about that direct style, Joe. We really saw that against Marseille on two occasions in particular. There was this really positive burst into the box and a beautiful half turn. Didn't quite manage to score, but just that awareness and that execution. The fact he's trying it. Yeah, exactly. It's that confidence as an 18-year-old against Marseille in front of fans as well, let's not forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, 
don't don't applaud a fish for swimming, you know, doing something in front of fans. But <laughs> but 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 given that given that last season fans weren't in the grounds, you know, it is I think it is noteworthy that he's having that confidence to go on and execute that half turn. It was it wasn't audacious, but it was beautiful, Joe. And then we saw as well. He took the ball to William Saliba. This was slightly later on in the second half. He turned William Saliba inside out. And we know oh how God, good... I hope, I hope Mikel Arteta wasn't watching. Oh, That's not well, going to help his yeah, chances, is it? Prob- probably Mikel Arteta will just be watching a, a whoop of that video. and he'll somehow... One of his minions will have forwarded it to him. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I thought Saliba was actually very good. But that's another point. He was very good on Sunday night as an overlapping centre-half as well in the second half. Sam Pauli pushed him and Luan Perez forward. But I'm digressing, Joe. I'm digressing. Sorry. <laughs> um, so he turned William Saliba but inside out and then inside out again and it was just it was almost like he was teasing the defender he drags his shot wide when he maybe should have hit the target but I, I was just like wow this this boy's maybe he's not going to go all the way to the top I don't I don't know right now but there's something there it's it's not so much that he has it in the same way as Ryan Sherkey but there's there's something there there's a directness to his play there's a confidence um Maybe even an air of I don't know if we use if you use this word down south, but in Scotland we talk of somebody who's gallus, someone who's really maybe even overconfident. I get those vibes slightly from him, and he did a really entertaining interview with Score uh, in French, and he just sounded a little bit gallus. He spoke about scoring goals, and he spoke about his um, yeah, this just desire to get on the score sheet, and he mm. backed that up in preseason, four goals in five preseason matches, and he set himself. Um, for an 18-year-old, he set himself the quite ambitious target of 10 goals this season Ooh, in the league. Which set is, himself up to fail. Yeah, no, exactly. But, but I think that reflects his confidence, his composure. Um, maybe he's a little bit cheeky. We've not seen too much of the cheeky side so far, but I, I think he's a sort of player who, once he becomes even more at ease with being a first-team player, once he starts scoring a few more goals, I think we could maybe see a cheeky side from mm. him. I mean, three goals in 543 minutes last season. That's not a bad return, yeah. realistically, when you put all that together. And you have to think, I mean, this year, obviously, Brest and Montpellier did the old switcheroo with the managers, didn't they? With Michel Desacarian yeah. going, to, going to Brest and, and, and Olivier Dallolio going to, to Montpellier. So, I, yeah, Dallolio is, he, he is, he is a, a, a vibrant coach, I think it's fair to yeah. say. I remember reading um, an interview that Roman Perot did, uh, obviously now at Southampton. And he was saying um, that, you know, uh, Dalolio's philosophy is essentially, you know, I don't care how many we concede. If we continue to attack, we will score more than you. And while it doesn't transpire all the time, um, you know, it's very much the Kevin Keegan approach to to winning (laughs) Premier League titles. And we all know how that went. Um, But... Yeah, I tell you what, it could be, um, it could certainly be uh, an interesting season for for El Yawahi, uh, as well as uh, Moise Sahi and Malagusto and Leslie Ogachukwu, and of course Ryan Cherky. We can't forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that just wraps up uh, today's podcast. Um, thank you very much for for tuning in, and and of course, thank you to to Ali for his expertise on on Liga because um, quite clearly, as we've discussed over this podcast. I would have been absolutely nowhere without it. Um, so, yeah, very, very pleased to, to to have had you on. And we've been talking about breakout stars. I tell you what, how about breakout scouted football podcast guests? Well, Joe, I would absolutely love to come back on if, if you'll have me again. It's been an honour. We're recording. It really is quite late. Normally, I'm in my bed reading my book, my geopolitical books. Uh, by this point, I try and have no screen time an hour before bed. I try and read about the Iraq war and 
dark money in British politics. But I tell you what, <laughs> I tell you what, this has been a fantastic way to round off a really football-filled evening. Thank you very much for having me on. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and and yeah, uh, as gallus as you are being there, uh, both being invited back on, I'm sure there will be some more league <laughs> that we have to discuss. We there absolutely will be. Um, even if it is just Elie Wahi leading the leading the show when when he, uh, when. PSG come to visit but yeah thank you very much for tuning in everybody uh, if you haven't already get on over to YouTube uh, get on over to Twitter Instagram give uh, Scouted Football a like follow subscribe um, do all that sort of thing or sfhandbook.com if you'd like to read um, some more in-depth profiles quite similarly to, to what we've done on the podcast uh, here today but I've been Joe Donahue. this has been the Scouted Football Podcast bye for now